0: Welcome to the Post Smart Life Podcast. It's time to leave behind the narcissist narrative and build an amazing life that you love. You got through, but you're not done. We're going to build your next level of wealth, create healthy relationships, find deep self-connection to expand your unique impact on this world, and leave behind a legacy of love. I'm your host, Laura, by the way. I've been there. I get it. And I've got you. Let's go build your post-nark life. Hello, hello. Good evening. How's everyone doing? I am back with another episode for you today, as promised. We talked a little bit about what today's episode is going to be like in the last episode, or maybe two episodes ago. I'm not really sure. I'm kind of on a roll. I have a lot to say and I'm just kind of putting out podcasts whenever I can, as opposed to trying to stick to a rigid weekly, well, it's not rigid, but for me, my, my life just is a, is a lot more in flux than can accommodate a lot of things that happen at the same time every single week consistently. So I think I want to keep up with the consistency of putting out content without the timing consistency, and I think that's not going to be a problem. Anyway, well, let's just dive right in. Today, I want to talk about kids. We have talked about kids a little bit when we did the episode, Your Kids Will Be All Right, of a couple of months ago, and that was really about establishing, hey, there's hope. Hey, it's going to be okay. I want you to look at the long game here. But today I want to go into really specifics about how to help your kids in a highly narcissist type situation because it's come up a lot with my clients over the last several weeks and I just want to put it out there. I think this is really going to be very helpful if you are in a situation where you are co-parenting with a narcissist, or you are still currently married to the narcissist. And you're trying to raise kids with them, or maybe you've already divorced them, and or sorry, divorced your your narcissist ex, and your kids are already grown, and now they're adults, but you still deal with them, and you're afraid that they might be narcissists. Sometimes kids might I, I, that comes up a lot where I have parents who are just really afraid that their kids will become just like their narcissist parent. And I want to let you know that 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 really might be a reality that you might be looking at. I have a couple of clients right now who have recently divorced and their kids spend that time without mom or dad with the ex and the ex is 100% narc or has a lot of narc tendencies and then the kid has to come back and you know, detox and life is really different for them, depending on where they're at. So it can be a little bit tricky for sure. This is not an ideal situation. It's not a fun reality. And I just want to acknowledge that, you know, cause it's just not amazing <laughs> to have this reality, to be in a position where you have to choose between staying with your narcissist partner while trying to raise your kids and being worried that they might turn out like they're their other parent or following through with divorcing that partner. And then now you have to deal with the fact that your kids are going to be with them without your supervision. It's an impossible choice. And so I, I don't take that choice lightly and I know that you don't either. And I am here for you to help you navigate that, to make those decisions and to acknowledge and validate that these, these situations are pretty much, they're not impossible, but boy, do they feel like it. So let's talk about the kids because really that's what it's all about. We are breaking cycles. We are changing generations. And when you happen to have had the misfortune of being married to a narcissist and having children with that narcissist, you are going to be dealing with specific realities. But I do want to say really quick that I don't ever want you to look at your choice to marry a narcissist With any sort of self-judgment. I don't want you to ever look back and say, wow, I made this huge mistake and I should never have chosen that person. And this is, my life is now awful because of them. I don't want you to do that to yourself because number one, it's not useful. It's not going to help you. It's not going to make anything better. It's only going to create a lot of pain for you. And number two, we don't know if it was a mistake. We don't know if you weren't supposed to be with that person if you weren't supposed to have children with that person we don't know that we just know that you're feeling a lot of emotional discomfort we know that your life has not been easy and that is a reality but that doesn't necessarily mean you made a bad choice so I just want to I want to honor your choices it is my belief and this is through coaching myself and coming to a belief that I choose consciously (laughs) and it's an optional choice. You don't have to choose this, but in situations where you can just choose to believe anything that you want to believe, I like to make choices like this because it helps me bring a lot of peace to my life. So the way that I like to look at it is every choice that we make is because we were supposed to make that choice. I don't know for sure if that's true, but especially in contexts where You know, these are big life choices and they're very, very complicated. I like to believe that because it helps take away the self-judgment and it helps us deal with reality instead of spending a lot of time in the past beating ourselves up and telling ourselves that we are made terrible choices and all of that, all that stuff. Now, you don't have to believe that particular thing in order to not think those things. You can just decide that you're not going to think those things about yourself uh, (laughs) because of choices that you made. So it's all up to you, but I think the main thing to take away from here is tons of compassion for yourself, accepting reality the way that it is, looking at your choices, understanding why you made those choices that you made, looking at the thoughts and the emotions that created those choices, and then making decisions in the future based on the choices that you want to make differently. I'm actually doing an entire masterclass on this uh, specifically about dating and relationships, how to have a healthy relationship after a narcissist type relationship. A lot of my clients will be in narcissist relationship cycles well, where they will have multiple failed romantic relationships or multiple marriages and they all have some narcissistic component to it and they just can't seem to find a healthy person or figure out why this just keeps happening to them. And there is a reason there there's actually reasons why this is happening and there's a way to stop it and there's a way to prevent it so that you can actually have a healthy relationship going forward. But it takes some work. It's a skill that you build and we'll talk all about that on the masterclass. It's going to be actually next week, Thursday, the 23rd at 1 PM. That's our February masterclass. We did the January masterclass, And we did the December masterclass. And so if you want access to those, you can come on the email list and, or you can just email me directly, Laura at by the (laughs) and you can get access to those. But the webinar will actually take place live on February 23rd, 2023 at 1 PM. And if you want to be on that call live, you can register in the show notes as well for that. Okay. All that being said, let's jump right in. I want to give you five things to focus on when it comes to helping your kids. And the goal of helping your kids is to, number one, help them navigate this reality that they're in. And number two, give them the opportunity for narcissist prevention, if at all possible. I don't love that goal Because number one, it's going to be really difficult if they have a narcissist parent because narcissist tendencies are all 100% survival mechanisms. And when you have a narcissist parent, you are in survival. So they are going to be incentivized by their survival brain to develop narcissistic tendencies in order to either be accepted or loved by the other parent or to feel safe, what have you. That's gonna be uh, taking place in their brain, and your job is to have a lot of compassion for that, to be very understanding of that, and not to try to ruin your life, or go way overboard to try to prevent all of that from happening. Instead, there are better ways to deal with it. Number one, understanding your child having narcissistic tendencies is not a problem. It's not fun, it's not ideal, okay? (laughs) It's not amazing but it's not a problem for you to solve or to fix. And if you can see it that way, it's going to take off tons of pressure on you and it's going to help you access your creative brain and your calm brain so that you can deal with the things that come your way if your child starts, starts showing narcissist tendencies. Okay. The main thing that we use, the main tools that we use to deal with all narcissism in general, but we want to apply these specifically to your kids are unconditional love, processing emotions, very firm boundaries, working on yourself, right? Managing your mind, managing when you get triggered and then being the, and this is specific to kids actually, but being the example, showing them a better way, giving them a better option simply by living your life. Okay. Let's talk about unconditional love. I don't think this is one is very difficult because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not a full-blown narcissist and you probably don't struggle with giving people unconditional love. That's my guess. That's my hope. <laughs> but this is very, very important. A child who has a narcissist parent is a child who has a parent who does not know how to give them unconditional love. So they are going to be in a fight or flight state of mind trying to earn that love from that parent. And it is very intoxicating and it is very difficult for the child to choose anything else because of how survival related it is. So your job, instead of trying to manage that and run interference with that 24 seven. Your job is to really be the shining beacon and example of unconditional love for that child. Always giving that child unconditional love, reminding that child that you love them no matter what, that they can mess up, that they can do anything that that they want to do in their life. And that will never stop you from loving them. Again, we'll talk about boundaries in just a minute. That doesn't mean you give them carte blanche, to do whatever they want. Okay but you never withdraw love. You never withdraw attention. The kind of attention that you give them when they're being good is the same amount of attention you give them when they're not being obedient or whatever it is, whatever standard they have. You want to make sure that you show them that they are worthy, that they are lovable, that they have inherent self-worth regardless of how they behave, regardless of who they talk to, what choices they make, they their lovableness comes from the fact that they exist, not from anything they can say or do or have or be. That's just, you want to make that abundantly clear every chance you get. Hey, sweetheart, I just love you no matter what. You know what? You can do anything in this world and I'll just continue to love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I will always, always, always love you. Now, if they have a narcissist parent, on top of that narcissist parent will be trying to incentivize certain behavior by withdrawing or giving love. Okay. So when you go to discipline that child, you want to avoid that methodology as much as possible. And how do you do that? Okay. So let's, let's dive into boundaries and then we'll get into processing emotion because we kind of, we talked about processing emotion first, but we want to talk about boundaries. Very important to tie into unconditional love. Boundaries are limits and we've talked about this before in the podcast and I've had several trainings about boundaries, but if you're new to the concept of boundaries, you need to understand that boundaries are limits. What that means is there are things you tolerate and things you don't tolerate, and that's it. Boundaries are very simple. Things you tolerate and things you don't tolerate. Now, can we control the other person's behavior? No, we cannot. But when you say boundary, you say, I cannot tolerate this thing, and if this thing happens, then I have to take action to keep myself safe. And usually that looks like taking yourself out of the situation. Now what a narcissist will do is they will punish you using abandonment and using withdrawal of love. But you want to make this very clear that in a boundary situation with children, you don't want to necessarily abandon them to show them that the boundary is is important to you, right? Because that's that's what you you'll do with adult situations, right? So in a in a conversation with an adult, if that person crosses your boundary, you've s- clearly set the boundary. You say, look, I, I'm sorry, but that's just not something I'm going to talk about right now. Um that this is my limit and they continue to talk about it. You can politely decline to have that conversation. Like I'd love to talk to you some other time, uh, but it sounds like now is not a really good time. I, I won't be able to engage in this kind of conversation. Let's talk later, right? You you take yourself out of the situation. Now with a child, it's going to be a little bit different because you are the parent. You are the responsible adult. It's your job to create a situation in which your child must learn from this boundary. And you must show lots of unconditional love at the same time. So what this looks like is, let's say that one of your boundaries is that you don't tolerate lying, okay? So your child, you find out that they've been lying to you or you find out that they've lied to you about something in their life, in their school or whatever it is. And you set the boundary very clearly that we do not lie in this family. And if we find out that you're lying, then this consequence is going to happen. So you have to dole out consequences as a parent. I mean, look, I'm not a parenting expert. I don't know all the ins and outs of how to properly discipline your child, but I do know that boundaries and unconditional love are the keys to managing any sort of narcissistic traits that the child might have and, or whomever you're dealing with in your life. Um, and especially yourself. So those are our key components. Okay. (laughs) So definitely look up other parenting tools, do what you got to do. But in, in the world of narcissism, these are the most important things, boundaries and unconditional love. So when they come to you and you find out that they've lied, you reinforce the boundary. Look, listen, we don't lie. Let's look at what created the lying for you. You You can get really curious. This is where the unconditional love comes in, right? We're not there to Rain down tons of punishment right away. We're not there to shame them, guilt them, make them feel terrible. Lying is a behavior that children do, and it's not a problem. I mean, okay, it's, it's, we can, we can go back and forth whether or not it's a problem, but in other words, it's not. sign that something has gone terribly wrong. It's very normal for children to lie because that's part of their development. As they, they grow up, they experiment with things, they push boundaries, they see what they can get away with. So it doesn't mean that your child is an evil person that they're lying. It just means that they are probably in fight or flight. Honestly, they're trying to get their needs met. They're trying to solve problems and they have limited tools at their disposal. Or they don't feel safe or, or something. So, you want to approach this with a lot of curiosity. Oh, that's interesting. I noticed that you lied about this. I wonder what created that. What were you thinking and what were you feeling? And when you approach it with a lot of curiosity, that unconditional love comes in because you're showing them listen, your actions don't make me angry and make me wanna leave you. Your actions are just your actions. Your actions are neutral. Now, we have a boundary, we have a limit we don't lie in this relationship. We don't lie. So what's going on that created that for you and how can we do something different moving forward? Now that's going to be obviously a lot more doable with teenagers, right? Where you can get curious and ask them what their thoughts and feelings are. You know, when you're dealing with like a three or a four-year-old, you might have to adjust a little bit differently, but you can still bring that curiosity to the table, ask them questions if they're, you know, more verbally developed obviously if they're lying, then they're going to be more verbally developed. So you'll, you'll have, you'll be able to use these tools, but you can adjust them based on how old the child is and your connection to that child. But bringing that curiosity allows for that unconditional love to let them know that, Hey, I love you. Even if you lie to me, I love you. Even if you make this really big mistake, I love you. If you've done this horrible thing, no matter what, I love you, I'm here for you, but these are the limits And if you continue to cross the limits, these are the consequences that will happen. So a lot of times parents will take privileges away. A lot of times maybe they'll do some another form of um, maybe, I don't like the word punishment, but maybe a consequence of, okay, you have to do this particular chore. Whatever works for you, you can experiment. Maybe look up more parenting blogs or um, experts on parenting and consequences and things like that. But at the very least, showing them with unconditional love and curiosity that you these are your limits and that you mean them, that is going to take your child so far in life. It's really going to help them tremendously because if they have a parent who's a narcissist, they're the, the narcissist is going to be doing a lot of other crazy stuff, right? They're going to be probably lying to the child, right? So showing by example, right? They're going to be in high fight or flight. They're going to be worried about the child's loyalty. They're going to be worried about whether the child loves them or not. They're going to be probably abandoning the child or, treating them as a, as a useful pawn in a game, they're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. And the child has no idea what's going on. They're just trying to get love. They're just trying to get approval. And so they try to perform and do the things to make the parent happy. Sound familiar? Does anyone else experience that as, as they were growing up? Right? So you want to break that cycle by showing up with unconditional love, by by having the firm boundaries in place. And if you have any questions about that, this is what I do all day. I help people navigate this and you can talk to me about your specific situation and we can come up with a game plan that helps you feel really clear and really grounded in your ability to help parent your child. Curiosity, treating them with so much unconditional love is key. Okay. Let's talk about the third one. So number three is processing emotion. You want to help your kids learn how to process their emotions. Emotions are very big for all of us, but especially for children, they're huge. They are experiencing a lot of emotions at any given time. And if they have a narcissist parent, they're going to be in high fight or flight. So you want to help them bring them back to their own brain. Okay. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Are you feeling scared? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling anxious? You want to help them give, have a fo- a vocabulary for the emotions that they're feeling give them names, uh, practice with them, show them what it's like, show them with yourself. Yeah, mom is feeling really anxious right now. Mom is feeling really sad right now. Mom is feeling really angry right now. You can show them that it's okay to have emotions and show them by example also how to process those emotions in a healthy way. Now, are you gonna be perfect at this? Of course not. Please don't hold yourself to a standard of perfection because if you're dealing with a narcissist, you're gonna be in fight or flight too, okay? It's it's a crazy crazy show. (laughs) But if you can slowly start to practice, slowly start to implement these little tools here and there, it's going to just, it's going to go far. So helping them process their emotions, giving them names and showing them that processing emotion looks like talking about it. It looks like feeling the emotion in their body. That might mean you help them draw attention to the actual sensation in the body that that it's uh, taking place. So, is it in your heart? Is it in your chest? Is it in your shoulders? Is it in your back? Are your eyes feeling really hot? You know, are, are is your forehead really tense? Is your neck really tense? Whatever you you can ask them and get again really curious about what's going on for them emotionally, and as they have the freedom and feel safe to express all of their emotions, maybe they need to throw a tantrum, maybe they need to go in their room and scream into a pillow, whatever that looks like if you give them the space to be able to do that from a place of curiosity and non-judgment within the limits, right? So we don't let our kids hit their siblings to process their anger, right? You don't let them curse you out to process their anger, but you say, Hey, if you are angry, you need to process this out. I'm here for you. Here's a pillow, go punch it (laughs) or whatever you gotta do. I, I love to clean when I'm angry. That's how I process my anger. It's, really convenient, <laughs> but not everyone's going to have that, but you know, it, it's not always fun to have big emotions. And the, the best thing you can do is just to give them that space and to encourage them to process them out. Obviously the younger you start this, the better, but that isn't to say that if your kids are older, it's too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to help your kids learn how to process emotions because it's never too late for adults to learn how to process emotions. I mean, I have clients who, I kid you not, are in their seventies and they are just now learning how to process their emotions. That's a thing. And it still works anyway. So it's never too late. You can always be there for your kids. Give them that space, ask them the questions, allow them to process their thoughts out. Even if they're really negative thoughts, even if those thoughts are about judging you and hating you, that's going to happen. I've seen that many times with clients whose children have a narcissist parent. The child is out of survival going to be loyal to the other parent and they're going to spill a lot of their uh, their negative emotions and their hatred and their fears all onto you. And that doesn't mean that they actually hate you. It just means that they feel really, really out of control and they feel like you are the target of the other narcissist parent and they want to agree with that parent. And so they're going to spew some things at you. Again, that is just a survival mechanism. It doesn't mean anything about you as a parent. It doesn't mean anything about them as your child. And your job in that moment is to allow them to process that emotion out within your limits. So if you say, nope, we're not going to talk about mommy that way. I love you. You must be very frustrated. You must feel like mommy is causing a lot of problems. Tell me more about that, but we're not going to call mommy bad names. We're not right. So you can decide what those limits are and what feels right to you. It feels aligned for you, but ultimately You want to be able to show them and give them as much space as possible within the limits that you've set so that you don't become a punching bag. That's not what we're here for. We don't want you to become a punching bag or a doormat. Okay. You can still have self-respect and show them and, and give them the standard of respect in the interactions that you have with them that is going to serve them for the rest of their lives to learn how to properly respect their parent. And you show them through the boundaries, uh, and through the limits that you set. So processing emotion. Now it's really important to ask yourself, this is number four, when your child is showing narcissistic tendencies and they will, and it's okay, where is that triggering you? You want to get really clear on this, like get out a sheet of paper, answer this question. Why am I triggered when my child does this? When the, my child says this, just like their dad or just like their mom, what happens for me? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What is the emotion that came up for me, and what are the th- what are the thoughts that came up for me as a result, um, or as a result of, of experiencing this with my child? Very important to get clear on this because your triggers have nothing to do with your child or with the narcissist ex. Okay, has everything to do with your emotional state with the habits that you have in your thinking and has everything to do with your survival mechanisms that are at play. And you really want to get clear on those because if we can work on your triggers and your survival mechanisms, you're going to create so much more peace. You're going to be more available. You're going to be more ready to approach your child with curiosity as opposed to approaching them with whatever emotion is going to happen without thinking. Sometimes, you know, you might get really, really angry or you might get really offended. I have a client that I was working with recently who just felt so betrayed by her children because they're in the middle of a divorce and the children are being loyal to dad, who's the narcissist, right? And it's like the mom's just like, I'm just so betrayed by my kids. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Your kids are in survival mode. This has nothing to do with who's loyal to who. This has nothing to do with how they think about or feel about you as their mom. They are surviving 100%. So let them be loyal to dad. It doesn't mean anything. They have not betrayed you. Okay, but that shows me that there's something going on with that client. They've got thoughts, that they've got feelings, that they've got survival mechanisms at play that we need to work on. So you wanna get really clear on those as you're going through this process of learning how to love them unconditionally, giving them appropriate and firm boundaries, helping them process their emotions, getting clear on your triggers is very important. And finally, we want the mindset here to be, instead of trying to prevent and trying to save your kids from becoming narcissists or prevent these horrible things from happening, we wanna shift it to, I want to be another option for them. I'm going to show them a better way. This does so much more good for your kids than you trying to run interference all the time. Now, this isn't to say that you never show up for them when things get really dicey. Obviously, you want to protect them as much as you can. But a lot of times I will see parents really go way over the line trying to protect their kids and prevent them from becoming narcissists to the detriment of the parent. And then it creates more drama and more problems. So we really want to avoid that as much as we can and focus more on the mindset of, okay, I am going to show them what a healthy relationship looks like, what a healthy parent looks like, because all it takes is one healthy person in a child's life to help them on their journey to healing and recovery. They just one person, it doesn't need to be a fleet of people. It just needs to be one person who showed them unconditional love, who had appropriate boundaries. Are they going to struggle? Probably. Are they going to make mistakes? Are they going to probably attract some narcissists in their life? That's a possibility for sure. But if you are constantly there as a source of unconditional love, showing them by example, boundaries, working on yourself, managing your triggers, processing your own emotion, giving them the space and the opportunity to process their emotions, it's going to set them up for so much success and yes it's going to be a long road likely especially if you've been you know married to a narcissist the entire time and they are being raised like this is their parent this is just this they came from this parent they belong to this parent and they're going to have to make choices in their life with respect to this parent and your job isn't to control that and force them to never go with that parent or never want to be around that parent, your job is to just give them the healthiest option you can give them. At least that's what I believe. Obviously you can take this with a grain of salt. This is just what I've seen with myself, with my clients, what I think works the best, but this is your life and you can make whatever decisions are best for you. So these are just suggestions and I hope that they are really, really helpful. Again, I am here for you. So please reach out. If you want to work this out, if you have narcissists in your life that are really making life difficult, that's what I'm here for. I offer free calls. You can book in the show notes. We can get you set up with a game plan, or we can talk about a longer term coaching relationship that's going to set you up for a lot of success with your results that you're after. Okay. So this is how to help your kids. If they have narcissists in their life, or if you are afraid that they might become narcissists, unconditional love, processing their emotions, giving them firm boundaries, working on yourself and identifying your triggers and having the mindset of showing them a better way. All right, this that's what I got for you today. Y'all, it's not easy work. Dealing with narcs is no joke. So you're a warrior. You are amazing. You can do this. You've got this. These are the tools. You are not alone. And there are so many things that can help. I can help. That's what I'm here for. And there's so many other tools out there. You can do this. I hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.